come up here today and to uh, it's good to have little ones going out. We have to get the bigger ones to get in now. <laughs> you know, all, all, all of our 16 grandchildren are all grown up. They're all too big to sit on Grandpa's lap. So it was good to have Josh and to have uh, Francis with us uh, last night for supper. They retired to the living room and to uh, have some little ones crawling up on the lap and uh, so on. So. And we'll get that opportunity out in Montana this summer. We have vacation with uh, some of our grandchildren from out there in uh, Oregon. So it's going to be nice to be able to have them up there. Um, but uh, we're going to see uh, a little bit of a slide here. So you want to come up and preface that if you would or yeah. just, just let her go. Uh, AJ, can we get those lights, please? Yeah. And as soon as that's all done, Josh, you come up here. I'm going to sit with my wife. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. The furthest place you can travel from Jerusalem is the beautiful islands of the South Pacific. Yes, these are beautiful islands, but living on these islands are people that need to hear the life-changing power of the gospel before it is eternally too late. One million souls call Fiji their home. The native Fijians were originally head-hunting cannibals in the 1800s before Methodist and Catholic missionaries converted them to Christianity, at least in name. Fiji's population today consists of almost 40% of people of Indian descent from India as they served as sugarcane laborers under British rule in Fiji. Fiji Indians mainly still follow the religions of their forefathers in Hinduism and Islam. The native Fijians mainly follow one of the major churches, including Methodist, Catholic, Seventh-day Adventists, Jehovah's Witness, and Mormons. Among these sincere people is no lack of good works and religion, but sadly, most Fijians have never received the truth of salvation by faith in Jesus Christ alone. We are the Dekus. I'm Josh. And I'm Francis. What's your name? What's your name? We are sent out of the Fairfax Baptist Temple in Fairfax Station, Virginia, under the leadership of Pastor Todd Abbott. I was born and grew up in Fiji, as my parents have served there for almost 30 years. able to return to Fiji in February of 2019. Our first official term began in February 2020. Grace Bible Baptist Church. The Lord had provided land about two hours north in Raki Raki for another church.
four days of clinics, 1,863 patients were seen with 387 professions of faith in Christ. The work of God in Fiji has faced opposition and trials, but we are thankful for the Lord's grace that has carried us through. When we return to Fiji in 2024, we will move our family two hours south on the main island to the area of Singatoka. We are excited to see what the Lord will do through us in this part of Fiji, especially through the camp and local church ministries. As we move to Singatoka, I will be pastoring the Harvest Baptist Church. Our goals remain the same, to see local churches started and nationals trained to lead these churches. The Lord has blessed the church with three acres of land that we also use for our camp ministries. We have seen hundreds of young people put their faith in Christ through the camps we have had over the years. One of our greatest needs when we return to Fiji is to see dormitories erected to further grow our camp ministry. We are praying the camp ministry will grow by hosting family camps, pastors retreats, and mission teams. We are also praying for laborers, for an older or even younger couple to come serve with us in this important ministry in Fiji. Would you help us to fulfill the Great Commission in Fiji by partnering with us? We believe the work of God around the world is the greatest work, and we are privileged to be a part of it, serving our Savior in the uttermost part of the earth. There is a part for all of us to play, praying, giving, and going. What would the Lord have your place to be in His great work? Thank you for your part in taking the light of the gospel to the uttermost part of the earth. Because of your prayers and support, many lives in Fiji have been changed. All right. Well, good morning again. I think there's some that weren't here in Sunday school, so good to see you today. Um, introduction there. I'm Josh Deku, my wife Francis, and two kids, and uh, we're just excited to be here today. Thank you, Pastor, for uh, inviting us to come, and glad we were able to work out a date to be up here. Um, we're back for about six months, and it's uh, it's been a busy first three months, and it's looking even busier before we head out. So we do appreciate your prayers for us, and uh, we'll share more in Sunday school time if you have any questions. We do encourage you to get one of our prayer cards if you would. Even just taking one is such an encouragement to a missionary. Um, even if you just, I don't know, use it to scare away the rats or something. But um, just taking one can be an encouragement to us. And uh, we do encourage you to um, keep up with us on our table. We have an email list. Um, there's some other ways there you see on the back of our card. Um, but you can see what the Lord is doing and answering prayers. And we invite you, come over to Fiji. Maybe you want to get away from the winter here for just a little bit. Come on over to Fiji. Um, it's definitely the other side of the world, but a great place to see what the Lord is doing. Different temperatures, and uh, that would be good. How many have heard of Fiji water before? It really does come from Fiji. Uh, good stuff, but way too expensive for me to drink all the time. Um, so uh, we're thankful for it. Um, it's actually bottled up on the northern part of the main island. We've had the opportunity to be a part of uh, seeing a Bible-believing Baptist church started there this last term. And so we're thankful for that. That area is called Raki Raki, and it's known for being one of the darkest spiritually. A lot of the Hindu people actually go there to do different types of satanic rituals and practices. Uh, but where darkness is, the light of the gospel shines brighter. And uh, we are so thankful for what God is doing there. Souls that have been saved, 
lives that have been changed. We just sent out a prayer letter, and you might see that um, yesterday it was going out. Um, but I had the opportunity last month to actually fly over to Singapore. And on my way, I stopped in Doha, Qatar. Anybody know what the predominant religion in Doha is? Uh, Islam. So I've never really been through a, a, um, a Muslim country like that. But praise the Lord, there was a Baptist church there that I found. And I uh, had over 300 people coming to that church. It's um, people that are there working uh, that go to that church. So I had the opportunity to preach there. And then when I went to Singapore, you asked, why did you go to Singapore? Uh, there's a young man that we have been training in Fiji working with. And he is going to be ordained this year, Lord willing, to be the pastor of the church in Raki Raki. Uh, but he met a young lady from over there in Singapore, so he asked me to be the best man in his wedding. I've known him for many years. When I was in high school, we were good friends, and so I was thankful for the opportunity to fly over there. But then I flew back the other way. I flew to Japan, back to New York City. So I literally went all the way around the world last month. I've never done that in my life. But uh, what a privilege to see what God is doing in countries um, like Singapore and in Doha, Qatar, and so often we hear all the bad news, don't we, on the news? But the truth is that there is good news. Christ died for sinners and Christ is working and souls are being saved. Why has Christ not come back yet? It's been 2,000 years. Because there still are people that need to be saved. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Amen? So I won't talk too long here. Let's get into God's Word. Amen? If you take your Bibles with me this morning and turn to the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter number 9 this morning. Matthew chapter number 9. You stay with me and I will do my best to keep moving this morning, alright? Don't fall asleep on me or I might have to preach louder or longer or something. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but stay with me this morning. I'd appreciate it as we look into God's Word. Matthew chapter number 9. Matthew chapter number 9. And verse number 36 down to verse number 38. I am going to ask you to read those verses, if you would, with me. Let's read those three verses. Matthew chapter number 9, verse 36 to verse 38. If you're there, say amen. amen. All right, let's read it together. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them, because they fainted and were scattered abroad. As sheep having no shepherd. Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Let's pray this morning. Almighty God, we do thank you for the privilege that we have to worship you today. Lord, thank you that we could worship you in our singing we could worship you in giving today. And Lord, now as we hear the preaching of your word, I pray that we would worship you from hearts that are receptive of what your word has to say to us. Lord, today I thank you for this church and what you've done here through the years. But God, I do pray that you will strengthen this church, that you will grow this church. That Lord, this church would have a greater vision to see you do greater things. Lord, in the days and weeks or months or how long it is, Lord, until you tarry and come back again. Lord, we do pray that you'll help us today. But we pray for our beloved nation, America. And Lord, it's sad to see where it is headed. Nonetheless, Lord, we know that you're still on the throne. We know your promises are true. And I pray that you would find faith here, Lord, in Essex Junction at Calvary Baptist Church when you return. I do pray that you'll continue to help us, Lord, in this time, in this morning service. 
guide us and lead us. I pray that I'd be emptied of self, filled with your spirit, and say exactly what you'd have us to hear today. In Christ's precious name I pray, amen and amen. So we look into God's word today. May it not be a wonder or misunderstanding that God believes in missions, okay? I'm a missionary, so I believe in missions as well. But today, I believe in missions because God believes in missions when we look in his word. We see that God's a God of love, mercy, and grace. And God's word and his message and his messengers are all throughout scripture. We can see that clearly today. We, of course, could go back to the book of Genesis and we see the first sin that was committed. But after that, not long in chapter 3, we see the promise of a Savior. We see the way of salvation that is promised to mankind. And sure enough, God always keeps His promises. Amen? Amen. You look through His Word and you see that time and time again, He does. As He's made promises to Israel, He's kept those promises. And yes, there's more to be kept, but God's always kept His promises. There are some today that believe different things about Israel and believe that the Israel today is not the Israel of God. But the truth is that if the Israel today is not the Israel of God, then we should question all the promises of God. The truth is that His promises have not failed to Israel. Israel is a miracle that in 1948 they were founded as a nation. And God has always protected His people and He will. Amen? Because these promises we can take to the bank every time. They've never failed. But as God has given His promises and we see, of course, in, in the New Testament, we see God's plan and that He wants the whole world to hear the gospel. It's given to us in Matthew chapter number 28. What does it say there? Jesus says, and Jesus came and spake unto them in verse 18, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Mark 16, 15. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. The truth is that the disciples were commissioned here to go into all the world with the gospel. What is a disciple? It's a follower of Jesus Christ today. Amen. By God's grace, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. I'm a disciple. Today, are you a follower or a disciple of Jesus Christ? Then this command is given to you and to me. Amen. You may say, you're the missionary. I am a missionary today. Praise God. But as we looked at in Sunday school, we're all called to be ambassadors and missionaries for Christ, where Christ has us. But the truth is that he's called us to all be a part of getting the gospel around the world. There are some that have argued that maybe in that passage there in Matthew chapter 28, that this was already fulfilled. But the truth is that if that's already been fulfilled, all right, then the rest of the promise that Christ would be with us always, is that promise not to us any longer? No, the truth is that he's with us to the end of the world and he's not returned because why? The commission that's been given to us almost 2,000 years ago, what the disciples were told to do to take the gospel to the world, has sadly not been fulfilled. That's why Christ has not come back. Today, as we look at this, just going to warn you, all right? Missions. My father puts it this way. If you cut him open, he bleeds missions. And I feel the same way. Amen? And many times I meet believers and they make excuses. Well, that's for you. No, the truth is that if you get close to the heart of God, you'll see the heart of missions. Today, that's what we're looking at. 
Now, what am I not talking about today? I'm not talking about missions that the world looks at, okay? Sometimes today people confuse missions as maybe getting water to the children in Africa or getting clothes to people or getting medicine, and those are not necessarily wrong. You've seen in Fiji we had the opportunity to have a medical clinic. But all of that was for the purpose of what true biblical missions is. And that's to get to people what they need before it's eternally too late. The truth is that you can fix people up medically. You can give them water and clothes. But one day, every person is going to die and stand before God. And the only remedy and cure, as we looked at in Sunday school, is what? To be born again. To be saved by faith in Jesus Christ alone. True biblical missions is to get the gospel, the message of Jesus Christ, to every person. That's what missions is today. And I believe today that's what you believe in is missions. Amen? As you support not just us, but other missionaries to take the life-changing power of the gospel around the world. People are dying and going to hell today. That's something that we don't want to think about because why? It might not be a happy thought. But the truth is that ignorance does not negate the truth. And the truth is that God wants us to do something about it. It's not because God does not love them that they're dying and going to hell. The Bible tells us today, for God so loved the world. We see missions all through John 3.16. He loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. 1 Timothy 2.4 says, Who will have all men to be saved and to come under the knowledge of the truth? For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. 2 Peter 3.9 tells us, the Lord is long-suffering, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. The truth is today, people are dying and going to an eternity without Christ. Lake of fire. Not because God has not provided everything that people need to be saved. It's because believers in Christ have failed to take serious the command that Christ has given to us. Today, this is the state of things, church. <laughs> The state of things in our world today is there are 8 billion people on this planet. That's a big number. I don't know about you, but sometimes it's like, wow, that's a lot of people. <laughs> but the truth is every one of them is someone that Christ loves and Christ died for. There's an estimated 17,311 people groups. Of these people groups, over 7,000 of them are still unreached people groups. This is about 42% of the world's population, or 3.4 billion of the world's population. Is the truth today that we haven't reached them because we don't have the technology today? No, we have the technology. Is the truth today we haven't reached them because we don't have the money to reach them? No, that's not the truth. <laughs> truth is we have everything I believe in America to reach the world with the gospel today. You may look at your bank account and say I have less than I had before inflation and all that. But the truth is we are a very rich people in America. You live in 1% probably in what you make, the 1% of the world's um, income. <laughs> it is estimated that around 80% of the world's population lives on less than 10 US dollars a day. Can you imagine? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. If you live on Social Security, you still live in about the 1% or 2% of the world's population. doesn't matter. We are a blessed and rich people in America. And yet, can I just be honest with you? We aren't doing everything we should to reach the world with the gospel. 
That's why we're still here. That's why we've been blessed. To do all we can to get the gospel to people before it is eternally too late. So we read here in this passage, verse 36 of Matthew chapter 9, it says, But when he, Jesus, saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them. Church today, we need to see people like Jesus does. I believe it will affect our heart for missions. See people the way Christ does. He goes on in verse 37 says, Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the labors are, what does he say? Few. At the time that these words were written and given to the disciples, it's estimated that the world population wasn't even over half a billion people. It was in the hundreds of millions of people at that point. And yet what does Jesus say? The harvest truly is plenteous. But the laborers are few. Verse 38, what does he say? Pray. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. We'll get more into this. But church today, can I ask you, are you praying daily for laborers to go forth? The truth is that Jesus did not give us many things to pray about. There's not a long list in the Bible of, of prayer lists Christ asks us to pray for. But one of them he asks us to pray for is that we would pray for laborers to go with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Join me in praying for that every day. Amen? Put that at the top of your prayer list. I think Christ's prayer request should be something we prioritize. Pray for laborers because there are 3.4 billion people in a world of 8 billion that are still considered unreached. Now the rest are not all reached. But these are people that live in places that do not have a Bible-believing church like this in their community. That have never once heard the gospel. For some may have never even heard the name of Jesus. Can you imagine? It's hard for us to imagine. Hundreds of times you've been blessed to hear the gospel. God has blessed us. Amen? What have we done with that blessing? May God help us today. Can I ask you today, do you care about what God cares about? You probably would say, I want to. I pray that I do. God cares about missions today. Amen? And it's something that we should care about. Do you care for the souls of lost people like Jesus does? We know that Jesus came. Why? Luke 19 tells us, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. The response of most people will be, well, yes, I do care about people. But the truth is that this does not match what most believers' words are. Do not match their actions. May the Lord help us to examine our hearts in light of his word today. May it be no wonder to you today that I believe in biblical missions. Amen. I've given my life because why? One day in America, everything is going to pass away. <laughs> all the nice things we have, all the things, the American dream, the houses, the cars, the trucks, the technology is all going to pass away. And yet two things last forever. You're holding one of them today. Amen. Forever, O oh Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. And what else will last forever? The soul of everyone sitting here today will last forever. The soul of every person that you come in contact with will live forever somewhere. And the souls of the 8 billion people spread across this planet will live forever somewhere. Not about you, but sometimes we have to refocus where our priorities are. Amen? I'll be honest, so many believers in America, 
doesn't take long. You look around on social media, you can see where their priorities are. It's to go to Disney. It's to go here. It's to buy this. It's to do this. And don't get me wrong, things are not necessarily wrong. But I wonder for most of those folks, if you looked at how much they give to missions or how much they put into getting the gospel around the world and compare it to what they spend on themselves, there would be an unbalanced weight there, right? Why? Because people's priorities are not what God's priorities are. And church today, just be honest with you, there's a world lost and dying around the world because we as believers have failed. May God help us today. Amen. The truth is that we cannot control everybody else, but to ask God today, search my heart. Lord, if I care about what you care about, am I doing everything you want me to do for the cause of Christ, for the cause of missions around this world? Today, can I be honest with you? I believe there's a missionary call for every one of us sitting here today that have been born again. Say, no, God's called you to be a missionary. Yes, he has. And there's much confusion. I talk to young people about the call of God. There's much confusion today on that. Can I be clear with you? I believe, and today we're going to look into God's Word. There's a missionary call for every one of us. Have you heard it? If you have, don't ignore it. If you haven't heard it, you're going to hear it today as we look into God's Word. Let us consider the places from which we hear the missionary call in God's Word. The first place we hear it, if you want to turn there, you can or write this down. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 16. 2 Corinthians 10, 16 reads this, To preach the gospel in the regions beyond you, and not to boast in another man's line of things, made ready to our hand. The call from the regions beyond. This was the call that rang in the ears of the Apostle Paul that motivated him to continue to go with the gospel despite the many challenges that he faced. You see, Paul said he went forth to preach the gospel in the regions beyond. That's why we go to a place like Fiji that's the uttermost part of the earth, okay? We're out there just in the middle of the ocean. Why? There's people there that need to hear the gospel. Why are missionaries go to Africa and to Asia and to China? Because there are people there that need the gospel. There is a call from the regions beyond. Maybe you've heard of this missionary. If you haven't, I encourage you to look him up. Hudson Taylor. Anybody know where he was a missionary to? China. Country of China. One of the greatest mission fields in our world today is the country of China. God is working there in a great way. We met a missionary from there not long ago. But the truth is that there needs to be reinforcements. There needs to be help. But in Hudson Taylor's day, the story is told that when he did get to China and took the gospel there, he began to preach the gospel. But the story is told that there was a man that came and heard the gospel as Hudson Taylor preached it, received Christ as his Savior, but came up to Hudson Taylor and asked him this, said, Sir, how long have your people back? He was from Europe, of course. How long have your people had this truth that you've given to us? And Hudson Taylor said, we've, we've had it for hundreds of years. And the man said this to him. He said, then why are you just now bringing this to us? He said, my father was looking for what you've given to us, for the truth. But he died before you got here. Truth is today that good news is only good if it arrives in time. Amen. Truth is today that Christ is coming back again. Amen. 
as it promises that Christ came the first time, he came the first time, amen? Even the critics cannot deny that Jesus came the first time. They just try to play down who he is and what he did. The truth is just as many promises that he's coming back again. But our time is running out. Our time is running out to reach people with the gospel. Romans 15, 20. Yea, so have I strived to preach the gospel, not where Christ was named, lest I should build upon another man's foundation. What is meant by the regions beyond? It's a call of need and of great opportunity. It's a call that comes from a field ripened for harvest. John chapter 4, verse 35, Jesus says, Say not ye there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. Maybe you've heard people say this, well, I'll serve God later. Sometimes young people say that. But later may never come. The truth is that our time is running out today. Every moment that passes by, people are dying. Are the majority of them going to heaven? Sadly, probably not. But the truth is what we do today can have an impact on souls that will die in the future, where they'll spend eternity. May God help us today. The call from the regions beyond. Does not thousands perishing in unevangelized areas of the world call out to us to do something? Does Jesus care that this is happening? Yes. Must we care? Yes. Today, I wish I could play a video of just all the people in Fiji. <laughs> Ever seen the commercials they put up of kids maybe that are dying of starvation and, and do not have clean water in Africa? And many people's hearts are moved to that because of their physical needs. But today, church, may we realize that people's spiritual needs is far greater. And we can do something about it. Amen? Ask the Lord, Lord, what more would you have me to do? This place we hear the call is a place that believers have heard the call. Many say, I've never heard the call, but this is not really true. Anyone knowledgeable believer in Christ who has some information of the world today in which we live and knows about the command of Christ to go into all the world has heard the call of God to go with the gospel. The first place we hear this call is a place that many just choose to ignore it or to excuse it. Secondly, today in God's word, we see the call, the missionary call from the region above, from heaven. The last words at the end of Christ's ministry in Acts 1.8, we see were given, Ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea. Notice that word both there. That's very key. What does he say? Witnesses in Jerusalem, right where you are. But he tells the disciples it's not enough to be right where you are in Jerusalem with the gospel. He says both in that place and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. When he had spoken these things while they beheld, he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. A risen Savior sitting on the right hand of the Father today, I believe, <clears throat> excuse me, is still calling out for those who will go forth with the gospel. We read from Isaiah, what an important passage today, chapter number 6, where God was looking for somebody to go for him, to his people. And what is the answer that Isaiah gives? Here am I, Lord, send me. Amen. Here am I, Lord, send me. Today, many of you are looking at me, and I appreciate that, paying attention. 
But I can see that you're kind of like, oh, I can't do a whole lot. No, the truth is that God still has you alive. You still have ability to be a part of this call and missions. Amen? We've met two um, men serving in the Lord that here in America, all their lives serving the Lord. But in their 60s, the one I believe man was in his 60s, the other one was in his 70s. Who surrendered to God. They, they, don't, they have support from, I believe, Social Security or some other retirement. And they have gone forth as missionaries around the world to take the gospel. You may say, my health will not allow that. And for some, may not. But the truth is that I believe there are people in churches around America that God has called that have not gone. I believe God wants to call people from this church to go. Can I tell you that? Because his heart is to see the world reached with the gospel. Would you be willing to go? Would you answer that call? You've probably heard of Mormons, have you not? We have a lot of them over in our part of the world. They do not believe that salvation is by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. They believe in a different Jesus than we do. They believe that Jesus is brothers with Lucifer. <laughs> they believe some crazy doctrines when you get into it. They do not believe the truth. And yet they have more missionaries than all the combined churches, not even just Baptist churches, around the world spreading their false doctrines. They, of course, require their young people to go for two or three years and serve as missionaries in different countries around the world. Some senses, I wish we would do that in our Baptist churches. I think it would help our young people to get a vision for what God wants to do around the world. But the truth is, many of them come back, and what do they do? They work jobs in America. They make lots of money and support their church so that they can send forth more of the younger people to go. And then many of them, in retirement, go forth with the Mormon church as well. In Fiji, we saw a room filled with all white-skinned, white-haired people, okay? And we're not white-skinned in Fiji, as you saw usually. We stand out. They were all retired Mormons come forth to spread the lies of the Mormon church. Spending the last years of their life for something that isn't even true. Church today, I submit to you, is this true? It is. Does it require our all? It does. Will it be worth it all when we get to heaven and see Jesus? It will. If we do what God wants us to do. The call from the region above. Christ is in heaven. Seated at the right hand of the Father. But today his heart is for lost people. Do we care for them as he does? Jesus loves all. Jesus died for all. And desires all to come to him. Hebrews 7.25 says, Wherefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost. That come unto God by him. Seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. Someday we that are here will stand before God and give an account for our response to his call that we have heard, to his command and to his commission. Dear friend, if you honestly read the scriptures, you will see that he indeed has called from above. Who will answer like Isaiah? Here am I, Lord. Send me. Today I encourage you, pray. Amen. Starting back where our text was this morning. Where does it all start? Prayer. Prayer. Hudson Taylor, I'll go back to this morning. His parents realized that they could not go forth with the gospel, with their situation. But they prayed. They began to pray that God would give them a child before Hudson was born. They prayed and said, God, would you give us a child to send forth specifically, they prayed, to the country of China. And did God want to answer that prayer? Yes. Did God answer that prayer? Yes. God gave them a son that went and thousands of people came to Christ through his life. Today, you may be a grandparent or a parent here. Would you pray? Would you join me in praying? God would send forth maybe one of your grandchildren 
or two or three. Amen. Pray for children. We need missionaries to go to take the gospel. Thirdly today, first of all, we saw the call from the regions beyond. We see the call from the region above. But thirdly today, we see the call from the region below. I'd like you to turn with me there. Luke chapter number 16. This is important to see this here. And hopefully you have read this passage. I believe it's a passage we need to revisit. We need to keep in our hearts and minds. And that's this. The reality of hell. <laughs> hell is a real place. The devil wants people to just make fun of it as a cuss word, as a place where people will go and party. That's what people in the world think. Oh, I'll just go to hell and I can party. No, it's a place of everlasting burnings and torment. A place of utter darkness. Won't be able to see other people. It's a place that was prepared for the devil and his angels. Not for people. But the truth is that all that reject God's way of salvation will spend eternity there. We see in Luke 16, the story given to us here, of a rich man and a man named Lazarus. When Jesus gives a parable or gives a story that is just an example to teach a lesson, he never gives real names. But here he gives the real name of Lazarus, telling us what? This is a real event that took place. There was a real man named Lazarus and a rich man. We don't have his name. But I believe that's so that we can understand that he pictures the lost. But of course, the rich man goes to hell. And verse number 27, look with me in Acts 16, oh, sorry, Luke 16, 27. This is the rich man. Then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou would send him to my father's house. For I have five brethren that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Notice verse 26, And beside all this between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Of course, in this passage, he asks also for just a drop of water, so much be the torment that he faced in hell. But what does he ask that would be sent? He asks for a missionary. There's a call for missionaries from the lake of fire today. There are people burning in hell right now, I believe just like this man, that are calling out in their torment. Oh God, please send somebody to my family. God, please send somebody to tell my people before it's too late. What is the answer that's given to him? If they will not hear the law and the prophets, they won't believe even if one rose from the dead. The truth is we have everything we need today, God's word. But we that have it have failed to get it to people as we should. Friends, today there is a call from the region below. Boy, I wish that today we could all take a trip there. Because we would believe in missions if we did. But the truth is God's word tells us everything we need to know. Hell is real and we have the cure to see people saved from going there. This man called for a missionary to go to his people. Oh, the number that must be calling out today. The humbling thought about this call is that only we that are alive and remain here on earth can do something about this call. Today, you and I can do something about it. Amen? Whenever we are presented with a need, we can do something about it. And if we're truly the children of God, 
May we do what God wants us to do. Lastly, and I'll be done today. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. I'll be done with my first sermon. Then I have another sermon. Now I'm just playing. I know there's lunch and then uh, looking forward to the afternoon. But lastly, the missionary call is the call from the inner region of the heart. The first three is a call that I believe every one of us as believers must hear and do something about. God wants us all to have a part. Amen? We'll talk about it in a moment, but God wants us all to do whatever we can, whether it be praying. We can give. Amen? We can give. I believe many times we can give more than we do with God's help. And we can go. Who does God want to go? Amen? We know that we're not just here to enjoy church as a social club. It's not just a place where we just enjoy ourselves, but it's a place to be challenged, to be equipped, to go forth and reach the lost. And Sunday school, as we heard, right here where God has placed you. But I believe God wants to send forth some to go further. Who will answer that call? The inner region of the heart is as the Spirit of God speaks and leads. Amen? As I mentioned in Sunday school, God speaks to my heart at times about witnessing, maybe to that guy over there that's collecting carts at the grocery store. God speaks to my heart about that. God's Spirit does. God will speak to your heart if you'll listen. God's Spirit, we know in the Old Testament, doesn't come in a big way as people expect Him to come today. Maybe in a whirlwind or come in an earthquake or that type of thing. But how does God speak? A still, small voice. Amen? He speaks to our hearts. Today, maybe God's speaking to your heart. Would you listen? As you follow God, He will lead you. I know in my life, as I've answered the Spirit's calling, even as a teenager, to do what He wants me to do, He's led me each step of the way to where we are now as missionaries in Fiji. But it started as what? As a teenager, answering that call. Some here maybe have been saved later, or whatever the case. Start now to listen to God's Spirit. Don't grieve the Spirit of God when He speaks to your heart. Say, yes, Lord. Amen. Obey. Do what Christ speaks to your heart about. Acts 13, 2, we see the Holy Ghost said, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. They were, of course, sent forth specifically Paul, uh, Paul and Barnabas to take the gospel. In Acts 16, verse 6 and 7, we see the Holy Spirit directs the missionaries where to go specifically with the gospel. Of course, we hear the Macedonian call. We could also look at that as from the regions beyond that Paul is given a dream to go forth with the gospel to that place. And God's still doing that today in hearts. But we've got to be willing to listen. It says in uh, verse 16, verse 6, Now when they had gone throughout uh, Phrygia and the region of Galatia and were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia. And they were come to Mysia. They essayed to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit suffered them not. Of course, following this, we see the Macedonian call. The Lord had called us for to preach the gospel unto them in Macedonia. The Holy Spirit who indwells every believer will direct us as we are faithful to obey God's word and listening for his call. Friends, today I believe that many times though, we may miss these bigger leadings of God because we fail to obey God in our everyday life. Amen? We must obey God every day in the general will of God. Do we know God wants us to be in His Word every day? Amen. Do we know God wants us to pray every day? Amen. We must be faithful in those things. Do we know God wants us to witness to people around us here? Amen. Being faithful in those things, God will lead us 
to the further things. Maybe if you're here today praying and God is working about your heart, about missions, be faithful in your local church. Amen. This is where God has put you. And then trust God to lead you on from that. And he will. I believe those who respond to the calls we all can hear will hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. Just as we heard in the book of Isaiah 30, verse 21, as Isaiah was led, this is the way, walk ye in it. We have the call from beyond. There is a call today. If you sometimes encourage you, go on to maybe a video thing like YouTube or something and search for countries around the world and see people. So often we just see them, oh, those are interesting looking people. <laughs> different cultures, different things they eat, but they're all souls that Christ loved and died for. About you, but I've asked God to help me when I see people to pray for them. Amen. Pray for those people you may see, that God would send somebody to reach them. Time is running out. Who knows where America will be in just a few years? In the 1900s, America became one of the greatest mission, missionary sending agencies in all of history when you study it. But today, that is sadly no longer the truth. There are more missionaries coming back to America than are going forth from our country. That's the truth of it. Countries like the Philippines and South Korea have actually overtaken America and sending missionaries around the world. And I'm thankful for that. But you know, it's been said that maybe America has been blessed in our history. America has been blessed, amen, in our history because of our emphasis on getting the gospel to the nations and sending forth people with the gospel. But as we fail, we, we grow more to failing in this area, maybe our purpose for why America existed is going to be gone. And what will happen to our nation in America? The truth is today, all of us can do more by God's grace. Amen. You may say, I can't give more. Well, I think all of us can pray more. Amen. You know, when we examine our lives, there may be times that we probably can give a little more. I've been at missions conferences and things where there's a lot of challenges. Think about how much money. If you don't have a budget, that's a good thing with your finances, okay? I'll give you a little financial advice today. Have a budget where you spend your money. But you know, the truth is that you shouldn't be spending more money on certain things than you are on getting the gospel around the world. Can I say that? <laughs> Some people spend more money on, most people spend more money on Dunkin' Donuts than they do on getting the gospel around the world. Let's be honest, we're in New England, amen? Or whatever coffee place you drink at. I've heard some people say, you know what, I'm going to give up half of the coffees I get and give that money to missions. And you may say, you know what, that's not much. Maybe it's 20 bucks, 30 bucks. But the truth is that we should ask God every year to help us to increase our giving. Why? So that we can increase more what the church does for missions and sending forth and taking on more missionaries. So that we can increase our efforts. The world population is getting bigger. The 8 billion number is growing. It's estimated, I think, about 10, 15 years will probably be over 10 billion people if Christ tarries is coming. But our efforts are growing less and less and less. But many folks get promotions at work, and where does that money go? Oh, we've got to save it for the new house, the new car. And don't get me wrong. Yes, you need to prioritize your money. But make sure you don't forget about the greatest work in all the world we need to give to, and that's missions. But can I be honest with you today? Our greatest need in missions in America is not necessarily money. It's people that will say, here am I, Lord, send me. God will provide the money if people are willing to do what God wants them to do. 
All I ask today as a brother in Christ to encourage you to say, Lord, here am I. What would you have me to do? If you have never surrendered your life to Christ, that's the greatest decision that you can make. You need to be born again. Everyone sitting here today is either a mission field, you need to be reached, or you're a missionary. <laughs> Amen? You're called to take the gospel to other people. Which one are you? If you have not been born again today by faith in Jesus Christ, today is the day of salvation. Put your faith and trust in Him alone. But if you have been saved, are you doing everything God wants you to do to get the gospel to those that have never heard? What should we do to this call? We need to recommit our life to Christ. Amen? Recommit to be all that He wants us to be in every area of our life. We need to pray Join me in praying. Please make a commitment today to pray. You know, it's been said that our spiritual failures so often are prayer failures. We fail to be what we need to be in missions. Why? Because we're failing to pray. And every one of us can pray. Amen? And then we need to give. It's something that we don't always like to talk about. But I listened to a message yesterday on my way up here. You know preachers need to listen to preaching? Man, I need to be preached at. I listen to this preacher just preaching away on how we need to give. And how giving is one of the things that Christ talked about most in his word. <laughs> Preachers don't always like to talk about it. But may God help us to give what he'd have us to give. Give to what will last for eternity. The Bible says where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. If you put your finances where missions is, what will probably also be there? Your heart, where God wants it to be. And then lastly, go. Go where Christ would have you to go. As we mentioned, we're praying for a younger and even older couple to come serve with us in Fiji. <laughs> you may say, I could never do that. Just ask God, would you have me to do it? Amen. And if not from this church, pray that God will provide from another church. Amen. Those that will come and help us. Help us in the great work. Brothers and sisters in Christ, one day we're all going to stand before God. I don't know about you, but I want to stand before him and hear those words well done. I want to stand before him and have those around me that by God's grace I've brought with me. <laughs> you know what? The truth is, every one of us can have that privilege. And we're faithful to hear the missionary call and answer it as God wants us to. You bow your heads and close your eyes with me today. Quickly and I will be done. If you know Christ today, what are you doing about it? But if you're here and you say, you know what? I don't know that I've truly been born again. I don't know that if I was to die today, heaven would be my home. I don't have that assurance. Would you pray for me? Is there anyone that would be honest with that today? Maybe the Spirit of God is speaking to your heart about that. You cannot answer the missionary call until you first answer the call of God to be born again. If you're here today and you say, Brother Josh, would you pray for me? I don't know that I've been born again. Is there anyone like that today that would be honest? Slip a hand up and slip it down. I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want to pray for you. Anyone like that today? I'm not sure that I've been born again. If you're here and you say, Brother Josh, I know that I'm saved. I know that I'm a child of God. By faith in Jesus Christ alone, I've been born again. And at a testimony, you'd slip your hand up today. I know I'm saved. Who will join me in that today? a raise of hands. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Last question. If you're here today and you say, Brother Josh, I want to answer the call as God wants me to. 
I see today clearly from his word. I hear it. I don't want to ignore it. I want to answer the call as he wants me to, whether that be to pray more. I know he does want me to, to give more and to go where God wants me to go. If you're here, and don't do this lightly, but you say, Brother Josh, would you pray for me? Don't do it for me, do it for the Lord. Would you pray for me? I want to answer that call as Christ would want me to. Who join me with that today? Thank you for that hand. Are there others? Thank you for those hands. I'm not going to come sign you up to come to Fiji, okay, or embarrass you today. But who will join me and say, I want to answer that call? Are there others? Two hands. Who else will join? Thank you. Thank you. Are there others today? Are there others? I want to answer that call as Christ wants me to. Anyone else today? I'll let Pastor come and close us as he sees fit. At Calvary, we practice faith promise giving. And that means that we give our tithes and then we trust God above and beyond to give what he impresses upon our hearts to give. We don't swamp out our tithe and then give the missions and spread it out. Faith promise is what we give because God's impressed that upon our hearts. We could do so much more for missions. We've been blessed. We've done a lot this year. But the missionaries' needs are great. Buildings and just any number of things that are out there. And we have been able to give a thousand extra here and a thousand extra there, a couple thousand here. But there's so much more we could do if all of God's people will get involved in faith promise giving. Peg and I have been practicing it now for over 50 years. We give our tithe, then we give our faith promise. I was looking at a marking in my Bible as Brother Josh was preaching a particular portion of Scripture. I had written in the margin that God has all power. He's all completely omnipotent. He has all power. There's nothing he cannot do. But I also put in that note here that our faith limits the power of God in our lives. The power of God in our lives is directly proportionate to the amount of faith that we have. Whether it's saving faith, giving faith. Every one of us is going to go out of here today. We're going to go someplace. Going back to where it is that we live. Maybe even going to work. That's your mission field. God wants you to be involved. Pray for opportunities to be able to share the gospel at work. Pray for opportunities that will not rob your employer of your faithfulness to your responsibilities there. But missions is such an important program. And if the days are growing shorter, it means it's also growing shorter here as well as there. I'd encourage you, if you're not getting involved in faith promise giving, then do so. Spend this week and say, Lord, what would you have me to give? Now, he knows what your finances are. He knows exactly what your finances are. But the idea of faith is that, Lord, you give through me. And it's amazing. All the years that we were involved in Faith Promise Missions, we were faithful to give the, the above and beyond the tithe. And we had kids in Christian school. We had to pay for that. Then we had kids in Christian school. We had them in Christian college. We paid for that. And we didn't stop Faith Promise. God enabled us to accomplish things that we never would have thought possible on what we made. That's how God is. You can't outgive God. 
You cannot all give them. Time, passion, or finances. You can't all give them. So faith promise is what you do between you and the Lord. But I'd encourage you to get involved in missions. So that someday you'll be able to walk up to those people that are in heaven and know that they're there because you participated in the work of Fiji or Africa or South America or with the Hopi Indians out there in the West. Amen. Father, we thank you for this time that we can be together today. And Lord, I'd encourage you for those who raise their hands to seek me out, to seek Brother Josh out. If it's a lady, they can seek out uh, Francis or seek out my wife. And Lord, ask a little bit more that we might be able to give them a working plan so that they can begin to put our missionaries and our mission responsibilities as a top priority in our lives. And Lord, it's amazing what you can accomplish and what you will do. Lord, for any other decisions that are made for those folks at home as well. The field is white on the harvest all around us. Every one of us knows someone who is unsaved. And we also know the responsibility we have. Lord, may we be true to that responsibility. And now, Father, as we get ready to go downstairs, we pray that you'll bless the fellowship, that you'll bless the food. But Lord, the messages that we've already heard twice today will begin to resonate in a way that had to be a real wake-up call to the involvement which we can. So Lord, we, sometimes we sit back and wonder, what can I do? What can I do? Prayer. Giving out a track. There's always something that any one of us, all of us can do. Help us to be mindful. And Father, we'll give you the Praise the honor and the glory for the work you will continue to do. Now, Father, dismiss us with thy blessings. We pray in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Amen.